Hey everyone and welcome to the good space, your favourite safe, comfortable, warm space. Today's episode is a bit heavy, we're discussing mental health and grief. This is a topic I know that will sit, resonate, affect, impact so many people, but I felt it was definitely an important topic to cover. I hope the conversation that I have with my guest today um, resonates with you. I hope you can relate and I hope it helps you in any way it can. I hope you take away some practical tips. I hope you feel safe enough to sit in your feelings after the discussion as well. Okay, so let's discuss. Hey everyone. So today I'm joined by my good friend Ronnie. Wait for the clap. Oh wait, wait for the clap. I'm gonna clap for me. Oh, is this supposed to be clapping? Supposed to be clapping. (laughs) Let's do that again. Okay, guys, yeah, it's so funny. Um, and today, although we love to laugh, shits and giggles, and blah blah blah, it is a serious topic. Um, we are discussing Leo. <laughs> the thing is, I'm gonna leave this all in there because it's like, anyway, oh, we okay, are... I'll no, I'm not, I'm gonna leave it. Everyone should laugh. Oh, um, <laughs> just yeah, discussing mental health and grief. Grief is defined as intense sorrow especially caused by someone's death so I think intense sorrow is a pretty good definition but I want to know what your Mm -hmm. definition of grief is um hell um it's yeah I would agree with the intense sorrow um it's extremely intense um something that you can never prepare for um especially with the with what I'm going through at the moment um yeah it's something that I agree with the intense sorrow 100% it's not even something that can work that words can even describe yeah mm-hmm. I agree yeah and I feel like you touched you just said what you're going through at the moment did you just want to touch on that a bit on if you feel comfortable to like what yeah. that is yeah 100% yeah, so um, I lost my nan um, to cancer last year, September. So it's been just over a year now. Um, anyone who knows me, um, me and Leo have known each other for a very long time. So this is like 11. Um, we're old now. But um, anyone who knows me knows that my nan... <laughs> my nan was um, such an important person to me. Um, loved her so, so much. Um, and I never ever thought that or could prepare for the day that she wasn't going to be here. Like we all know that it's, we have all have our time to go home, um, to return home to the Lord. And it's like, although you know it's going to happen, you never ever could picture your life without this person. Um, as silly as it sounds, um, I I've even. I, yeah I, I could never imagine what my life would be like without my nan and um obviously with having cancer it wasn't something that my family could really prepare for or my nan never had a chance to um go through chemo radiotherapy or any sort of treatment um because unfortunately when they found it it spread to her whole body so um it was already terminal when we had found out and um she was diagnosed in June 2022 and then she passed away 
uh, in September 2022. So, and then from knowing what my nan was like, I'm Caribbean, so I feel like it's any anyone's grandma, really, no matter where you're from, loving, very proud, put-together lady, um... We wasn't, my nan's Jamaican, but we wasn't ever allowed to speak Patois. <laughs> She's a very highly educated lady. And um, she'd say, water. you say, water. Stuff like that. Like, you know, my nan was just so lovely. Everybody loved her. She was a mum and a nan to everyone. Um, just so amazing. Such an amazing person. And to see if anyone's gone through anything like dementia or Alzheimer's or cancer, stroke, any sickness like that, where you can slowly see the person losing who the person you knew, um, it's not easy. And I've never been through anything like that before. Um, my great-grandmother passed away of cancer, but I was really young, so I don't remember. Um, but, yeah, having that, and you think, because I thought when we found out that my nan was terminal, that I said, oh, I've never had a chance to prepare for someone's death. Um, there was no prognosis, so we didn't know how long she had left. Um, yeah, I thought, oh, not that it would be easy, but you could sort of, instead of someone dying suddenly, because which is what I'm used to, things that have, family members and friends that I've lost, it was a sudden thing, whereas this time I knew it was coming. And I thought I was prepared until my nan took her last breath and life after that to this past year has been completely different for me um could never imagine couldn't prepare myself for it at all yeah thank you so much for sharing all of that um you mentioned yeah. you lost your great grandma when you were younger and that just sort of leads yeah. me into the way we deal with grief as we age um because I think it's okay. very interesting that when you're younger I don't know if it's because we don't quite understand or if it's because we haven't spent as much time with that person. We haven't built our own relationship outside of the fact that, oh, this is my grandma, this is my grandma, because that is just, they just say yeah. so. It's not, oh my God, this is my grandma, yeah. but she's actually this really lovely person. Do you know what I mean? You don't build that personal relationship with yeah. So I don't know, do you think that maybe is what sort of impacts you more when you're older than when you lose someone when you're younger um I would say my first bereavement that I dealt with remembering um and knowing the person was my granddad which is my dad's dad um he was eight when I passed when he, he was eight when I was eight when he passed away um and I had a really close relationship with my granddad um I love my granddad love my granddad so much um and I missed him I did. Um, it was a sad time. I remember it. Um, I remember preparing my family, preparing for his funeral and stuff like that. And that was tough. It was hard. But again, I was eight. So I would cry. I would be upset. And he, he'd had a stroke. So I, again, he was in hospital. And obviously I saw him deteriorating also. But yeah, I, it was it, it, it was different. Like obviously, of course, like I said, I was sad. It was sad. I'd go to school. I'd be upset. I would cry. I took a couple of days off of school. I would go to his graveside and stuff like that. And I, even now, I'm going to be twenty eight, and it's still very emotional. Um, but again, I kind of just moved on because I'm eight. I'm an eight year old. Um, after that, Leo, you would remember this. Um, my auntie mm -hmm. passed away. 
um yeah. this was my dad's oldest sister and I think we were like yeah eight year nine I think I think it was year nine when my mom passed away yeah I think about 13 14 and that was tough she went in for an operation uh I think it was a kidney transplant and it failed and she just got ill and so you just sort of gave up sort of a thing um and that was hard that's when I really really started to understand what grief meant um again because I was really close to my auntie and I have a really close-knit family on both sides um and that's when I found it I sort of started to understand how much pain death causes um because obviously I was a little bit older even though it wasn't you don't seem like it's much difference in age but you have a bit of more of an understanding like you said you spend more time with that person and you sort of start building like adult relationships that makes sense mm-hmm. like from transitioning from a child and being a little child, then do you know what I mean you start building adult type relationships with this person yep. and they teach you things and stuff like that um yeah that was tough and I've obviously I've experienced death in between but where I am now with someone who was like a piece of my heart basically um yeah. it's devastating yeah 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 so how would you can you discuss your recent grief so the process like you know how um I think sometimes they talk about the stages of grief do you think you went for the traditional mm-hmm. stages of grief was yours a bit different or how how was it for you um I kind of feel with the classic stages of grief it's correct but I kind of feel like when you listen to it or you read about it because I read about it when you read about it it makes it seem like there's a time frame you're supposed to be in that motion for or yeah uh sort of um what I'm looking for um an order like it goes in that order um at the moment a year just over a year on um I'm sort of feeling the heartbreak the ang- I'm still, still feel like I'm at the angry stage also because I just kind of feel like why now um I don't it, it could have been I say that why now but it could have been 20 years later I, I still would have felt the same way but it's kind of like why now why her like yeah, it's just I, I'm really, really angry um, with it at the moment. And sometimes I sort of also go from being angry to sort of feeling like, do you know what? My nan came to do what she's put on this earth to do and it was her time to rest. I also think that because she, she, she achieves quite a lot and touched quite a lot of people um, during her time here. But um, yeah, I still feel like I'm very angry um and very heartbroken I don't think I'll ever get over the heartbreak um and the ache and the heartache my heart aches to know that small little things I could be rolling dumpling and which is something that my nan taught me how to cook and I'll how to do something and I'd be like oh damn I can't even call nan to say how would you fix this it's just small things like that um you're like oh then that oh god nan's not here to oh nan's not here sort of a thing um mm-hmm. so yeah I feel, feel like I'm a year later I'm still very much in the angry stage of still in the, angry the cycle. Yeah. yeah I think so. mm-hmm. 
Okay, so you're still in the angry stage, but do you feel like there is anything that has helped you move through the stages? I would say my biggest thing was would be the support from my friends and my family. Um, yeah, I've received immense support. And even for me, I say, all right, Ron, like, you can't be like this. Meaning, <laughs> when I'm going through things, anything... Um, but so far this year this is the thing that's triggered off my depression and my anxiety just the fact that I'm grieving I go missing I have to Mm. shut down there's days where I go quiet there's days where I won't leave my house there's days where I won't want to talk to anyone and my friends and my family get that like even down to yourself if I've gone a little bit quiet you'd be like are you okay I notice you've gone quiet. I'm praying for you, sis. Like little things like that. Even if you don't even you send me a message without even needing me to respond, I could react to it on WhatsApp, and yeah. that just makes me feel like, oh my gosh, my friends and my family are thinking of me. Like my family members will call ever so often to speak to my mom and ask how we're doing. Um, my uncle, which is my mom's little brother, he comes here all the time. Um, and we'll sit and we'll talk and we'll laugh and we'll joke and just having that support and obviously I, I'm quite fortunate fortunate enough my both my parents are not together anymore but both sides of my family know each other um, and they all knew my nan and my nan all knew them and even they will check in and say oh how's your mom how are you guys and so it's just them little things um, yeah. thinking of you those little small things, I, oh, you and our other friends will be like, come on, come round to mine. We'll bake a cake. We'll make some food. We'll do some painting. Like, even I'm like, oh, guys, I'm so depressed. Oh, You'll be like, no, come on, let's go. Or you will turn up to my house and be like, yeah, I just come to see you. I'm here. Um, let's go to Bagel King. <laughs> um, it's just small <laughs> things like that. I think that's what's helped me get through the really down days yeah just the relationship the good support system I have a brilliant support system and thank you for being a part of that uh, stop I'll get emotional um but yeah I feel like <laughs> <laughs> it's really 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 important to have a good support system and you do yeah and like 100%. just to sort of expand on what you said with your family like you have such a close-knit family on both sides mm-hmm. um and I feel like yeah. as a friend, it helps me to know that you have that. I'm like, I know she's good. Yes, mm-hmm. she's gone silent. Yeah. Yes, I'm going to check in. But I know she's got that strong family unit. And you're, it's not like solo grieving. It's collective. You're all grieving together. Yes. You're all leaning on each other, um, which I think it's important and fortunate to have as well. Yeah, 100%. It's anything you're doing like on your own is there anything that you've maybe I don't know yeah anything you've sort of discovered that makes you feel better anything that you know you could share with anyone as like a practical tip um that has helped you obviously support system most important but is there anything else that yeah, that's you share? um I've taken back <laughs> up the gym so going to exercise and stuff like that um finding things you enjoy that literally could be anything any sort of hobby that you enjoy um 
And I would also say this is a big one. Some people might disagree, but this is a big one for me. I allow myself to sit in my bad days, but I oh, give yeah. myself time of that bad set. Don't let it consume you, but yeah. sit in those bad days. So when there's days where I want to cry or there's days where I'm angry and I want to sit at home and I don't want to do anything but sit in the dark room or watch reality traffic, whatever that looks like, I allow myself to sit in that. And I notice when I allow myself to do that, I feel better for doing it. Um, yeah. I always come out feeling like, all right, cool, I can shake that off now. Let's push yeah. it and move on. Um, yeah. I think, obviously, a part of the grieving um, journey also is denial. Um, mm. And that's what I try not to do, be in denial. So I know how I'm feeling. If I feel like I need to just shut off for day, two days, a week, then that's what I'm going to do. But again, I feel like because the support system, it helps me get out of that. I have my niece and nephew that's here, my sister that's here that I'm like this with, um, and they don't allow me to be upset. Do you know what I mean? Um, my nephew hates to see me cry. He's only five, but he hates to see me cry. Um, and he knows immediately when he sees me cry, and he will say, oh, Auntie, do you miss Nana? And he'll be like, oh, I miss Nana too. Um and I got a massive picture of my nan in the living room. And I would sometimes I just go and I would look at it and be like, do you know what? I have a little conversation in my head. Um, and also for me, again, this might not be for everybody. I know some people find this very difficult. I go to my nan's grave all the time. Um, yeah. On her birthday, I still wrote her a card and put it there because that's what I felt like I needed to do. Um, I wrote down all my feelings and stuff. How I miss her, kind of like if she was here, sort of a thing, yeah. um, like a letter to yeah. heaven. I would have. Yeah. Um, I still do that. My nan loves flowers, so I still go and spend thirty, forty, fifty pound on flowers, even though they're gonna be outside. I don't care. Um, go and dress up her gravesite and stuff like that. That makes me feel better. Although when I'm there, my emotions shut off, so I don't feel to cry or anything when I'm there. But it makes me feel better that I do go. And another thing that I had done for myself also is I've done bereavement counselling. Um, I noticed that for me, the bad days were getting out of hand. Um, yeah. I felt bad more than I felt good. And I know that's not me as a person. Um, so the bereavement counselling helped a lot. Um, I could cry, I could laugh, I could talk about how things I've done with my nan or things I miss about doing with her and stuff like that and it was only like eight weeks but it helped me quite a lot um it just allowed me to be free and just talk about spend an hour just talk about whatever I wanted to um some days I had good days where I laugh and I'll be fine and others I will have days where I will be crying my eyes out for the whole hour um but um yeah if I would definitely say if you feel like you need to seek help, 100% seek help. Don't make nobody else talk you out of doing therapy because they don't agree with it. If you feel like that's what you want to do, go ahead. I put my, yeah, absolutely. I encourage bereavement counseling 100%. And you can do that at any time. It could be just after, it could be during, it could, the person's transition, anytime, a year, two years, whenever. Um, And you can do it more than once. So don't ever feel like, 
you shouldn't do it. I 100% feel like you should do bereavement counselling. Yeah, definitely. Put my stamp of approval on that. Big advocate for all sorts of counselling. <laughs> that you shared that as practical advice. Um, yes. Okay, I was going to ask, how would you advise family and friends to show up? I feel you've touched on that. Um, yeah. But maybe I'll still ask. But maybe mm-hmm. on, in the lens that like, if the person is not so much like you, or maybe like at your different stages. So let's say the stage where you are sort of in denial, how would you ask, how would you want your friends to sh- and family to show up when you're in denial? How would you want your friends and family to show up in the anger stage? In the, you don't have to go through all the stages, but you know those significant yeah. stages where it might be hard as a friend to know damn, what do I say? What do I do? How can I help? Do you have any advice on the other side? Um, As I said before, I kind of think just uh, how are you or how are you doing today or thinking of you today, popping up, organising something that you know you're like, I like to eat, child. Yeah, my friends know that I like to eat, my friends and family. So let's go to brunch. Let's come to mine and cook. Um, it doesn't even have to even be anything related around the grief that they're going through. Just do things that they like to do. Are going to take so shisha or just I'm a quality time babe, so I don't mind whatever. Um, and yeah. yeah, and if you're if if you're if the person who's grieving um doesn't want to respond in that moment, then also don't take it personal. It's easier said than done. Um, but I would say don't take it personal and don't give up on the person. Um, it's quite hard to be like, oh, they didn't respond, so maybe I should just leave them alone. I would say be persistent, meaning like, you know, you might say something on a Wednesday and then maybe they don't respond. Maybe two weeks later, just be like, oh, I hope you're okay and whatever. Still be persistent with that person because it's tough. Um and everybody like I said, everybody's different, everybody deals with things differently. Um, even though I might feel like I might disappear, I will still respond to my people. Do you know what I mean? But not I understand not everybody's like that. Um yeah. but don't give up on that person. Just be persistent and keep showing up for them. And trust me, they'll appreciate it when they've moved through the stage they need to move through. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Thank you. I think that's really good practical advice. I got two things to touch on actually. <laughs> Um, the first okay, thing was cool. about you actually um, I remember we had a conversation about a month ago and um, mm. I was saying to let me let me go back let me go back so I'm in university I'm a diagnostic radiography student and um, I lost my nan just before starting my first semester so my nan died on 24th of September I started on the 26th of September um, and I made a promise to her that I would finish um because I was gonna leave because I knew that she was dying. Um and she told me not to. Um she said to me, um, I'm I'll be gone but you're still living. So I want you to do what you would do as if I was here still. I'll be watching you. And um that's one of sort of the last conversation I had with my nan before she started to lose her cognitive. Um but she was still her normal self her, in her normal personality that was one of the last conversations I had with her she said to me I don't care how long it takes you it could take you 10 years I want you to finish so I said okay 
and um no surprise I felt comfortable of my modules um that I had to retake this year and it was tough I was beating myself up a lot and as you know I was upset and so forth um so I've got a dental nursing diploma already and I've done extremely well I've done well in school like me failing is not an option for me I put a lot of pressure on myself but um so that was really tough and I knew if my nan was still here I wouldn't be in this position um but you said to me a few a few weeks ago that and I said to you I'll never be the same person again and I don't know how to feel about that and you said to me um you don't need to be the person you once were just love the person you are now and grow from that and that's really stuck with me um I always think about that on the days where I'm like like god like I just want to be normal whatever that means I want my old self back I miss my old self and I just remember you said it's okay like as you it's okay not to be your old self anymore fall in love with the person who you are and grow keep that person growing like you don't have to be don't don't mourn that person anymore um and yeah that that really stuck with me so that's one of the things that I kind of use to keep me going on days where I'm feeling really crap um which is not too too often now I'm sort of getting getting better um and trying to shift my focus on things that are important like getting through uni and stuff like that because I know that's what she would want me to do um and obviously you as well recommended the um took me to watch human resources last year and I wasn't ready to wasn't ready for it um and I decided I'm gonna watch, give it another go now that I'm in better headspace and I would recommend anyone going through grief <laughs> when you're ready to watch that episode um it's I think it's season one episode eight or nine and it's called it's almost over yeah <laughs> Isn't it season two? I think it's season one. I'm sure it's season one. It's called It's Almost Over. It's like near the ending of season one, though. Yeah, it's called It's Almost Over. It's about um, a a guy and his mum. His mum's got dementia and she's starting to transition. And if you've watched Introducers before, it's kind of like your thoughts and um, your thought process is out as characters and um she's got a love bug and she's got a logic rock and the love bug and the logic rock and the anxiety mosquito <laughs> um the love love bug and the logic rock the love bug takes her back to all of her memories um to when she was younger back in Italy I think she's from and um it just shows her when her falling in love and stuff like that um giving her all her lovely memories and her logic rock tries to think logically on how to keep her alive for longer um and then obviously her anxiety mosquito comes because he's anxious because she's dying doesn't know how to handle it and then Keith the grief um and they've got the grief down as a as a as a as a jumper as a fluffy literally a fuzzy fluffy jumper and he comes for his comes for the son her son and basically it's time to let her go now and the logic rock and the love bug is battling so hard to try to unravel the jumper, try to destroy him, try to throw him out. And he just can't, he grows really big. And um, he takes over, it takes over them all. And he goes to the sun, just put me on and hug me. 
And I cried my eyes out in that episode because literally my whole thought process and how I feel inside, I just watched it being played out in front of me. Even though the lady died of another disease, it was such a similar thing, just watching her just slowly deteriorate and her memories got smaller and smaller as she remembered less. Um, And they tried so hard to hold on to her and they couldn't. And I don't know. I don't know if if grief being being played as a jumper and he sort of put him on and carried him around for a little bit. But at the same time, the grief was trying to comfort him. I don't know. It was just such a touching episode. Like, I would even go back to watch it again. Um, yeah. yeah, I just love to see how the journey plays out. Because when you're in this situation that I'm in now, the whole grieving process, you feel like you're by yourself. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. I feel, am I mad? Like, I'm like, Ronnie, get over yourself. Like, come on now. It's been over a year. Get yourself together. And... My mum said to me, you shouldn't think like that. Everyone's grief journey is different. And yeah. don't rush. You can grieve for 10 years. It doesn't, it literally doesn't matter. Um, and she's right. I don't think that I will never not grieve when my nan not being here. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Due to my bereavement counselling, it, it's fine. You don't have to get yourself together. You can cry every day if you want to cry every day at some point. That's absolutely fine. Um yeah it's tough but just don't put pressure on yourself I would say I put I think that's where I made a mistake I put a lot of pressure on myself and it's not fair it makes mm-hmm. things difficult more difficult because there's no time frame I don't have to get over myself it, it's fine the way I feel and it's completely normal and that episode made me realize that it, grief is like this for everyone I'm not silly for feeling like this a whole a year later um it's absolutely fine but I I absolutely love that episode so I highly highly recommend human resources on Netflix it is amazing it's called it's almost over it's amazing and it's okay to cry at it because I cry at it, and it's I think okay. I'll cry each and every time <laughs> it's okay to cry <laughs> so honestly oh wow Ronnie thank you so much I feel like that was just such an open conversation I know for a fact there is going to be multiple people who understand where you're coming from needed to hear that can take that practical advice on can maybe compare it to their situation or maybe there's someone like myself whose friend is grieving and you're like I don't know how to show up for them I think you've given so many like pointers from different parts of the journey as well um through different mm-hmm. lenses so I'm so grateful thank you so much thank you what I said it was a pleasure oh pleasure oh my pleasure your pleasure yeah um pleasure. yeah <laughs> I think you're really well Ron as well though I just think like as you said it's a journey and like as you said like grief doesn't go anywhere you sort of just grow around your grief and I can see you doing that yeah Mm -hmm. like I can see you literally doing that and also I just need you to which it sounds like you're doing anyway is just being okay with the days where you are stagnant where it's like "Eh, no Mm -hmm. can't do it don't want to do it yeah it's fine yeah but I can hear you're doing all that already so I'm not going to start waffling on but yeah I'm I'm really (laughs) proud of you thank you oh thank you I'm trying, girl. I'm trying. <laughs> I know, I know. But um, thank you. 
everyone. I hope you enjoyed. Um, big shout out. Thank you to my girl. I'm gonna try the clap again. Hopefully, it just it just works this time. <laughs> Well, thank you. I'm going to say bye-bye.